Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertels. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey guys, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast. Chris and I are here uh, getting back with you today to, to uh, shoot this episode on uh, avoidance. And um, we're going to talk about just all things avoidant today, right Chris? Yeah, um, you know, Jordan, I, I kind of chuckle about avoidance because uh, as you were saying that, you know, before we started, I was thinking, how are you? Fine. <laughs> you know, that whole, right? <laughs> I'm fine. Right. You want to talk, talk about it? No. <laughs> no not really. So, not really. Yeah. I'm good. So yeah. I, I think that's the kind of avoidance you're talking about, right? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. And I, I think, and I think, you know, and all joking aside, it's like we've all got ways we avoid stuff, right? right. I mean, there, there's stuff that comes up for, for all of us in different situations where we don't want to, I don't know, either we don't want to uh, be vulnerable maybe in the moment or we don't, uh, you know, we just don't want to throw something out there. Maybe it's not a safe person. There's all kinds of things we could talk about, you know, really. I mean, I think this is one of those topics again, we could, we could, uh, you know, we're going to try to make it brief for you, but we could probably spend a lot of time talking about the ways that, that people avoid, you know, avoid situations, avoid topics. And, but uh, but I think I, at least one thought I had was like maybe looking at the the ideas or at least this happens for me in therapy where people there's really kind of destructive ways that people can avoid and how that really can interfere with relationships as well. You know, I, I think we've all uh, we've either been in relationships like that or we've seen them to where uh, there's just different levels of avoidance. I think uh, I think one we can bring up today uh, is the way that a lot of people avoid is just, you know, the checking out. Uh, you hear the words checking out a lot, um, at least in the circles that I'm in. Uh, and one of the ways that we, you know, I think we do that a lot is with, you know, things like media. Social right. media, Vi phones. video games, you know, I was thinking about yeah. that as you said that checking out teenagers, you know, for example, it's developmentally appropriate for them to want time alone and, and be a little isolated, isn't it? I think so. And so there's yeah. a, and so, you know, there's a balance between that and playing video games for 17 hours without coming out of your room. Absolutely. You know? And, and I, you know, it's important, I think kind of check in and to understand and find out what is healthy developmentally and what is avoidance. Um, and you know, that goes for adults too. I, I know avoidance when I see it, I can tell you that. Absolutely. Well, and you, you look at most adults and what we do with our, you know, we'll complain about kids playing video games and then we sit there on our phones 24 seven. And it's, it's very much a similar 
you know, it's the whole screen time thing, right? right. Uh, I, I chuckle because that's like I deal with this all the time, like screen time, just, you know, haters on screen time. And I'm one of those guys. I think that uh, I think, Chris, you are, too. We're both pretty realistic with things. We realize culture is the way it is. We're, we're not we're not going backwards. We're not going to a place pre pre cell phone, um, you know, pre video games. It is what it is. Right. Um, it is. We, we've got to find ways to to use them. But. Like you brought up, Chris, there's people that I think at times like their their avoidance pattern can become problematic. It's interesting. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that, too, uh, that we're not going back in time. You know, I think you said we're not going backward. I think you meant to say we're not going back in time. I'm not sure we're not going backward. <laughs> I don't know. But you, know, you, you got a point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree I, with but, you. Uh, just messing with you. But the thing is, when you go to a restaurant, for example, depending on what kind of place it is, obviously, it'll it'll vary somewhat. But a lot of the national chains, that kind of thing, it's nothing for there to be 20 screens on all on different channels, uh, just overwhelming people with stimuli. And so between that and the cell phones, it's, it's as though even if you wanted to, it's pretty tough to get away from all that stimuli all the time. And my point with that is that it's probably also easy to use that because it's socially acceptable. You can slide out and sit on your phone and you're not really present. Well, you just, you just nailed to me the key word is presence. You're not, you know, we're not, uh, we're not engaging, uh, you know, things when we're, when we're checking out. Um, so that, that to me is where it becomes problematic that you see in relationships with people. You know, I'm talking, you know, whether it be marital relationships, friendships, whatever relationships with your kids, uh, how many times are, you know, do you see the, the scenario where the kids trying to get the parent to play and, you know, they're on their phone. You know, they're, they're sitting there scrolling social media or whatever they're doing. And I think, and and now Jordan, not to cut you off, hold that, remember that thought. Now it's the opposite, right? Now it's parents trying to get the kids to play and the kid is on the, on the device just as much. Absolutely. It's both ways. Crazy. It's both ways. Yeah. Both ways. Yep. And you'll see it happening in both ways. And I think it brings up the, 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 the point probably in all this and where we want to try to be helpful and kind of, just, you know, discussing the topic is maybe ways to not, you know, to work on avoidance, work on being more present, work on being more engaged, because I feel like part of the issue is, is those things, they, they take something, they take something from us. We have to give something to be present and be engaged with people. But at the same time, I, I would argue there's more reward as well. You know, it can be easy to easy, you know, to, to check out to things. It's a little bit more difficult in our day and age to engage with yeah, somebody. And, and don't you don't you think, too, that a lot of it you mentioned vulnerability in earlier when you were talking about reasons for disconnecting and not wanting to look at things and reasons for avoidance on some level. I mean, a lot of this is not knowing how or not being willing to address conflict that you know is is in between a, a couple of people in a relationship. You don't want to address X, Y, and Z because it's you don't want the conflict. Don't right. you, do you? Do you see that in practice as well? Abs- absolutely. You know, it's, well, it, it it begs the question of why do we, you know, why do we avoid to begin with? It's in. I think you just nailed it because we don't want to. We want to avoid conflict. We don't really want to engage in trying to resolve something. 
used, I used to work at residential treatment. One of the things we did there was, you know, we had this big uh, conflict resolution group that, that would meet. And, you know, it, it was almost a, uh, it's almost like trying to teach people a foreign language. You know, it's not, it's not in our vocabulary really to try to work things, to be direct about it, to try to work things out. And I think we can see that all kinds of places, whether it be, you know, employers, you know, in our families, all kinds of places where that can become an issue. Yeah. It's like and we have a real hard time being direct. And it's, I mean, that's a lot of that's fear-based, right? You don't want to hurt mm-hmm. somebody's feelings. You're afraid that, and you know, as, as you're talking here, I'm kind of, I was kind of chuckling to myself thinking boundaries, you know, uh-huh. we don't have boundaries. If somebody does something, says something, tries to get us to do something to manipulate us rather than confront that boundary broach of boundary, we avoid it. We don't, you know, we don't talk to that person about it. And of course that can lead to resentment and all the associated ills as well. Well, and I'm sitting here thinking too, as you were, you were saying that even, even sort of cultural norms with avoidance. I mean, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to open this up to be for critique here uh, for you, for, from you, Chris, you know, here in the South, you know, we have this thing of bless your heart, you know, and uh, all these things <laughs> yeah, that come along heart, right? and you know exactly what I'm talking about because bless your heart does not mean bless your heart. Right. Uh, you I, know. No, I so, learned that. I learned that pretty early on. <laughs> you did. But well, and, but honestly, in all, in all honesty, we, we have a real, there's, there's a, there's a Southern thing here with, you know, we don't really like direct talk, you know, bluntness and direct stuff is not really a, it's not something that's really taught as much here. You right. Know, for, and it's for our culture. And it, and it's, I mean, that's a Midwest thing um, as well. It, there's uh, you know, in, in Minnesota, it's, there's a process, a lot of innuendo, a lot of subtlety, you know, being able to pick up on cues and, and emotional you know, reactions to things, you know, I'm laughing. I was, I saw one on, I think it was on Facebook or some social media where it said it had this conversation between a, a boy, a young man, college kid or whatever, and his Minnesota mother. And he says something to her about, well, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and the mom says, well, are you a question mark, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and what yeah. she's really saying is, you are not, you know, so, <laughs> right. you know, and the, the kid likely picked up on that pretty quickly. <laughs> you know? Right. But, but, you know, it, it, you bring that job. I mean, yes, there's, I know there's situations in therapy. I wind up seeing where it's like parents right now have a real hard time being direct with their kids. You know, I know we've talked about that a little bit on previous episodes where it's like, you know, I know the parenting landscape has changed. Um, but, you know, there was a day and age where direct, blunt state was the way to was the way it was done and now we're kind of in this age of like you know let the kid kind of do their thing and uh, i'm not kind of back to the whole backward statement i think we have gone a little bit backward there but you know it's it's again we don't want to we don't want to be direct and i'm starting to wonder if we have we lost some of the ability to to kind of push through the fear you know what if what if that person's not going to like me what if my kid's not going to like me what if blah 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 Right. You know, and I think sometimes though, it's a, um, you know, we, so we just, we get in this pattern, this overall pattern of just avoiding it. And, and we wind up having to sort of eat our feelings with that a lot of times. So we and, don't, you know. And, you know, to thine own self be true, right? So if we're right. not being true to ourselves and we're 
constantly letting others do to us or try to get us to do stuff we don't want to do or behave in ways we don't want to be treated, that causes uh, its own dysregulation. And I don't know, it's been my experience that folks seek relief from that. And that gets into all sorts of other issues. But uh, why don't you talk to us, Jordan, just a little bit here about patterns of avoidance what do you how do you see it um when you'd have clients for example what are some strategies that individuals could use to not be so passive or not to be so avoidant and then maybe towards the end we can talk about you know what others what you can do uh if somebody else is being avoidant and and doesn't want to doesn't want to talk for example well, I, I think the number one place that I see that I see avoidance the clearest is when I'm doing marital therapy, uh, cu- couples therapy. You will you will likely encounter avoidance just about every time you you do a session, uh, because you know at least one or both of the of the people you're going to be speaking to, there's likely an avoidance issue going on there. Because I think a lot of times with couples stuff, we end up in these avoid engage patterns to where it's like somebody may want to engage. A problem, and usually coming to therapy, you've at least got one person there that's kind of wanting to engage something, okay? Or they wouldn't—they're they're not coming. You know, I've, 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 I notice there's a problem between us, problem the way we communicate, etc. So we're going to address this issue. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean the other person really is capable, maybe, of addressing the issue or wants to address the issue. So, um, so Jordan, so the other person mm-hmm. is saying, "I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> that's that's right." right. Yeah. Yeah. What's your problem? Yeah. So right. I'm okay. I'm I ain't okay. got no problems. You know? So, <laughs> right. you know, but that's, and you will, you know, there'll be people, it's funny sometimes I do a rating scale occasionally with couples just to basically see where they're at with everything. And it, you know, sometimes you'll have these ones where you'll have somebody like, well, I think we're about an eight, you know, scale of zero to 10, you know, 10 being the greatest and zero, you were divorced yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think we're about an eight and somebody else sitting there going there. We're a two tops. Well, what are you? You're a two. That's right. the reality of it. That is the right. Yes. The, the rating that's the lowest. Somebody's putting it, you know, at a two. And so, and, and, you know, obviously in that situation, there's sort of this chasm of avoidance, uh, that's going on, but yeah, what I think, kind of, what, kind of beha- what kind of behaviors do you see when you're in a marriage situation like that? I'm yes. Okay. So they're both sitting on the couch on their cell phones. They're both at the restaurant on their cell phones. What else? Well, I think I noticed this pattern. I think, I think you, you, I think you'd be uh, right there with me on this one, Chris, you know, and and typically I don't want to stereotype it and say it's all guys that tend to do this, but I see it a lot in guys of where, you know, somebody will, will bring up an issue and, us as, you know, as, as men will sit there and we'll just kind of be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, well, you're right. You know, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, be be the one to kind of over-apologize, over, you know, and, and a lot of times I point that out in marital therapy of what you're really doing in those situations is you're giving the giant middle finger to your spouse because it's a passive-aggressive way. You're, you're, you're eating stuff that you don't, you're trying to avoid conflict is what you're doing. So let you're me put let me yep. push let me push back on that a little bit. Yeah. What about relationships where that person who says you're right, you're right, you're right just cannot please the spouse? 
True. And, and yeah, and, and that can happen as well. I mean, I, again, I, I'm taking one one little scenario there that could come up and that that's absolutely the case as well. And a completely different issue, uh, you know, that, that can come up. So yeah. I mean, I, definitely that happens. You know, well, it, and, and the only reason I'm asking that is because I've, I know friends and, and I'm not saying male or female on this, of course, but you hear of people that, you know, they're just they're never they try. They're never going to get it right. Quote, unquote, never going to get it right. Well, and the bar, the bar changes, right? The, and, that, the and the bar mm-hmm. changes. And sometimes, you know, I know of relationships, marriages, for example, or longer term deals where they're trying to get it right. But the reality is maybe they're not speaking the same language, period. They're not. True. They're just not supposed to. They're just not supposed to be together. Um, True. You know, and I'm you have way more way more to say about that than me, but well, I, I my my point is I think that the the overall point I'm trying to make is just that I think we would do ourselves a better service, do our relationships a better jobs if we would just work on leaning into the conflict a little bit more instead of trying to escape it because you're not escaping it; it's there. Uh, the the issues are 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 present whether you want to engage them or not is a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem's still going to there. It doesn't vanish, you know. So this your, whole, yeah. Your hope then would be that you know the couple that comes in and and to the passive aggressive one, maybe he or she comes around. You're hoping that if they do, if you can get them to lean in, for example, uh, in therapy, that they would come out of that better by the conflict. I have heard a statement. I can't count the number of times I've heard this from one spouse in in a situation like this in therapy where they will say, sometimes I would just like them to fight with me. And doesn't that sound like a crazy statement? Yeah. Sometimes I would just like them because we get so eventually what I think with relationships, especially if one person is more of an engager, they get so tired of either winning all the time, quote unquote, or just the passivity uh, right. of the other person. They right. just want to see something, right. you know, and uh, which again, we can probably go into that some other time talking about marital stuff, but there's just this level of just passive passivity that I think is just, it's big in our culture right now. So, right. Um, and I well, think we do it in the name of being kind in the name of being, you know, you know, kind or whatever, but it's, and I'm not sure it's always kind to do that. I think you're right. I think people, um, and I've heard that too. I've heard that very thing that we never fought. You know, I heard these people <laughs> get to, that are divorced. Well, we never fought. Well, that's now we're not, favorite. we're not talking about the knockdown drag out fights. No, you know, no, happens I, to, you know. no <laughs> right. I'm, no, we are not talking about that, but we never argue. You know, if you hear that from yeah. folks, a lot of times they're not together. Right. Um, you know, right. they just because one person is passive, like you said, the other one's trying to engage. It just they just grow. They just can't do it anymore. Well, it, and one hopeful thing I, I know, I know you were saying earlier too. This is like strategy wise or thing like that. I'm not so sure it's a strategy, but one thing that I try to challenge people with is this this idea of like just trying to lean into a little bit of the conflict and what that could look like is don't just automatically go trying to put out the fire. Be able to voice something of where something bothers you, where, you know, what is, what's really going on in your head, you know, when, when this, when this issue gets brought up, 
Um, because what I've noticed is with, when people start to like challenge themselves a little bit more, other things in life usually start to get a little bit better too. Their job situation sometimes. Sometimes they need to, you know, they may need to have a conversation with their boss. They may need to, you know, maybe they've been getting, you know, run over for years, you know, in situations because they never will voice something for themselves. That's so, what's, and, and we're not advocating you go run to your boss because your boss may be one of those that doesn't want to hear it. That's true. Um, and yeah, you, you got to know your culture. Yeah. You got to know yeah. your culture. You got to know your, you know, your, your level of peace and tranquility or toxicity, you know, Absolutely. and sometimes Jordan, since you mentioned it, you know, a lot of people, I think, avoid those types of conversations like at an employer, for example, because they assume, and I would say rightfully in many cases, that nothing will happen. Nothing, good, will change. nothing yeah. would happen good for them anyway, if they did. Right. Um, right. To that point, where do you fall in terms of if you're in a situation dealing with some kind of a toxic, let's call it a toxic avoidance pattern or something like that, just a couple of pointers, some self-care pointers maybe. What do you got? I think if you're dealing with somebody that's a toxic avoider, uh, it, it's almost, I think that person that's in the, say they're in a, and again, I know I keep using marriage. It's just the place that I see it the most. Let's say you're in a marriage with somebody who's a toxic avoider. You've got to get to me really good you know, at that point of being able to call out the avoidance and do so in a non, you know, what, what you don't need to get to is this threatening way of like, well, I'm just trying to get you to do something. You know, you can't get like that. Um, that's not going to work. Uh, but what you do is you just call it out gently okay. just say like, yeah, I know you're, you know, you're, I feel like you're trying to avoid right now, you know, and okay. that's, it's honestly not helping us. I think you just point out kind of what's happening. So what it's, about, you know, you mentioned you mentioned the passive aggressive behavior, and I would, you know, add right into that. You know, walking on eggshells—that's what came to mind when you said that before. Mm-hmm. People are walking on eggshells around one another. You know, you come home from work or something, and you say, "Well, what's uh, what? What would you like for dinner?" I don't know. <laughs> right. So then, right. then. To, to like you said to call out to call that out gently, you would suggest something like and and this is not mine. I'll have you know, yeah. You, a good response might be, well, let me know when you've decided. There you go, Perfect. <laughs> right? Like you're just, you know, you're Perfect. not, you're not gonna, we're not gonna play. You know, <laughs> we, so. there, there, we do this in a family situation a lot. This whole, this whole, I'll, I'll be the first to attest an avoidance. Uh, deal where it'll be like, you know, you want to go out to eat. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't, yeah. And I guarantee you, somebody's got an opinion. <laughs> you sound like you sound like a couple of Minnesotans doing that. <laughs> that's how we that's how we roll. <laughs> Man, that's how we roll down here, too. Yeah, so always, always deferring yeah. to one another. You uh-huh. Know? So uh-huh. Isn't there a commercial like that where the isn't there a restaurant commercial where they it go back like and forth and they mention all these restaurants and then. She finally, I think it's the wife finally says, or he says the one she wants. That's what I wanted all along, you know, or whatever. Right. right. So, right. Yeah. Well, uh, Jordan, we're out of time on this episode here. We're winding right down. Are there any last minute things you want to throw out here before we call this one a close? I don't think so. I think again, just uh, the one takeaway that I, that I hope, you know, hope you get from it is just, you know, try to lean in a little bit more to, 
to really what you're what you're thinking and feeling and you know and and speak to the conflict sometimes i think it, it you'll find it can go a whole lot further than when you don't yeah that's well said and i would i would add too that you know if you have a if you have the kind of trusting relationship where you know that you can have those conversations and neither one of you are going anywhere at the end of it it's worth the shot well said anyway well. we appreciate you listening if you would go on and give us a review on iTunes or wherever your podcasts come from and like us on social media, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, that sort of thing. We appreciate that. And thank you. We will have uh, more episodes to come. Thanks guys. Have a great week. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience LLC for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.